prayer, one of the hardest things that we will ever do as believers in Christ, but one of the most necessary. And today we continue our series on prayer. Join us, Graceful Truth, with Pastor Steve Converse, coming up next. Hi there, and again, welcome to today's broadcast of Graceful Truth with our teacher and pastor, Steve Converse. You struggle with prayer? Struggle with making it a normal, regular part of your life? Well, today we have some help for you as we continue our series on prayer. We're going to see what it means to pray to the Father, pray for God's kingdom to come and His will to be done. God's provision is forgiveness and deliverance, and yes, we are in the Lord's Prayer or Disciples' Prayer. Join us for more. Here's Pastor Steve Converse with today's program. Well, this morning we're going to continue our series in prayer. But uh, last week we looked at the uh, message of, of basically how to pray. Today, you know, it, it, when you think of the subject of prayer, it's, it's really, you can't really overemphasize teaching on prayer. There's no, I would say, greater activity in significance, at least in the believer's life, than having a, a daily prayer life. And trust me, I'm not uh, standing here as some big prayer warrior, okay? Uh, I, I am not, to my shame. But I do believe in prayer, and I believe that, that prayer is more than just an activity, it's an attitude. And we're going to look a little bit about that today. But we know that our dependence upon God is, uh, happens through our reliance on him through prayer. But you stop and think about how vast and how really mysterious, in a way, the subject of prayer is. You know, for the Christian, prayer is our, our personal means of communication with the very God who, when he spoke, he spoke the universe into existence. And yet we get to communicate with him whenever we want, wherever we want. Uh, pretty, pretty incredible thing. John MacArthur said this, there are two spiritual activities which are to be unceasingly part of the believer's life. Two great pillars that hold up the believer in the matter of daily living. He said, one is the study of the word of God. And secondly, it's prayer. Studying God's word and prayer are two activities that were called to be active in each and every day. In Acts chapter 6, verse 4, the, the apostles said this, we, give, we will give ourselves continually. That, that means continually. That means without ceasing, okay, to prayer and the ministry of the word. And so when you stop and think about it, those two activities, prayer and the ministry of the word, the study of God's word, is very important. Think of it this way. Prayer is our speaking to God and studying his word is God speaking to us. You read uh, Hebrews 1, you know, it says that God spoke to us in various ways, but now he has spoken to us through his son. And so there's two things here that really affect our relationship with God, studying his word and prayer. Uh, we should be in his word every day. Doesn't mean you have to, you know, um, have a, 12-hour Bible study every day. It might just be reading a couple verses, asking God to open up your heart to a new truth maybe that you found in, in his word. 
all right? But also in the area of prayer. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of Christians have thought of prayer as something that has, has to be done at a certain time in a certain place and, and, and all those things. And unfortunately, that's not always true. All the way back in Deuteronomy chapter 6, let me read these verses for you, 4 to 9. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 to 9. It says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Verse 7 says, You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you, look at this, when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals between your eyes. In other words, you can't get away from them. Everywhere you look, you're seeing God's word. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. See, we're told through the psalmist that we should meditate on God's word day and night. And it should be something that we do all the time. But it's the same same thing with prayer, right? I mean, God tells us very clearly, Paul tells us in the New Testament, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, that we should what? Pray without ceasing. Okay? Pray without ceasing. Now, you don't have to know Greek to understand what that means. It means pray without ceasing. It means pray continually. He also says, pray always with all prayer and supplication. That everything in, that we should do everything in prayer by by prayer with thanksgiving, make our requests be made known unto God. And see, we need to remind ourselves what Philippians tells us in chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. When we're before God in prayer, here's what happens. Here's the result. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, we live in troubling times. There's no doubt about that. We live in, in times of upheaval. upheaval. We, we, we live in times of rebellion and sin. It's all around us. And, you know, even as we, we pray for our country this month, you know, we, it's, it's kind of heavy on our hearts sometimes, what's going on. And yet I come back to this, <laughs> this verse. You know, and when it's very easy to watch the news 24-7 this time of year. You got all this stuff going on. And you know what? I would just ask you to be careful with that. I know that I have to kind of monitor that because I end up yelling at the TV and, you know, blood pressure goes up. Things, bad things happen, you know, when you, you get into that vicious cycle. And it goes back to this, this verse in Philippians that say, wait a minute, is this causing me to have the peace of God or is this causing me to have anxiousness? Because you know what? God is going to carry out his will. But we're to be praying at all times. We're to be studying God's word, taking in, meditating upon it, giving it out. See, those are two things that are really the foundation of a believer's life. That's something that's very basic. That's like Christianity 101, studying God's word and praying. We need to hear God's voice as he speaks to us through his word, and we also need to speak to God in our own prayers. George Mueller, who was a wonderful man of prayer, was asked one time, how much time do you spend in prayer? And here's what he said. Here's his quote. He says, I live in the spirit of prayer. I pray as I walk, when I lie down, when I rise. The answers are always coming. 
I was talking to somebody last week and they said, yeah, sometimes I feel bad, you know, because at night I'll be laying in bed and I'm praying and I fall asleep. I'm like, why would you feel bad? What a wonderful thing to go to sleep in prayer. Because I do the same thing. That's why, you know, at first I kind of felt guilty. Sometimes, you know, you're in bread, you're praying, you're thinking about things, things are heavy on your heart, and, you're and all of a sudden you realize, wow, you know, I fell asleep praying. You know, how rude is that? But you know what? I bet you that blesses God's heart. That you're actually communicating with him as you drift off into unconsciousness. <laughs> well, where do we go to explore this ex- special privilege that God gives us through prayer? And I think we have to look no further than the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, we have to go to his life. We have to look at what prayer played a part, how prayer played a part in his life. And in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 1, in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, excuse me, it says this, that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, his disciples were with him, and doesn't tell us which one, but one of the disciples came to him, and we mentioned this last week, they said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. So they looked at the life of Christ and they said, you know what, there's something different here. Uh, we we want to know what you know, Lord. Uh, we want to make sure that we are living a life that's representative of what we see exemplified in your life. And so he observed the life, the prayer life of Jesus. And he said, you know what, I, I, wanna, I want that. I want to know how to pray like you pray, Lord. And that's a, that's a wise prayer. That's a smart request. Um, because as a Christian, we, I pray that our, our prayer lives are effectual. They're effective. Prayer is an absolute necessity. It's kind of like breathing. You know, how long could you go without breathing? Maybe a minute? Maybe two. I know whenever we go to Hawaii, in Hawaii they have basically three big freeways, H1, H2, and H3. And I think it's H2 that goes over to the other side of the island through the tunnel. So whenever we go through that tunnel, right before we get in, everybody in the car says, okay, take a big breath, we're going through the tunnel, we got to hold our breath. It's like, what? And sometimes, you know, there's cars in front of you, so you can't really go as fast as you want to go. I remember one time I was driving through the tunnel. I said, yeah, we got to put the pedal to the metal here and get through here. I'm going to pass out, you know. But it's a game with the grandkids, you know, to, to hold our breath or when we're in the pool. I was proud of myself this last, this last time I was over there. Even though I was coming off some sickness, I was able to, in the, the Olympic pool there at the, at the base, I swam down and back underwater. I almost drowned, but I made it. <laughs> Even the lifeguard there was impressed. You know, who is this old guy that's doing this? You know, <clears throat> probably lost a few more brain cells on that one. But, but it's the, the importance of prayer is just like breathing. We can't go without oxygen, beloved. We can't go very long without it. And see, it's the same thing with prayer. Prayer is an absolute necessity. And fortunately, Jesus over in the Gospel of Matthew, if you turn over there, Matthew chapter 6. I just want to look this morning just briefly, and this is not meant to be an in-depth study of what some call the Lord's Prayer. I call the Disciples' Prayer. But I, I also want to remind us last week that we, we learned a little bit about how 
to pray. And I just want to remind you of those key points. Um, We talked about praying persistently. We talked about praying insistently, confidently, resiliently. We talked about praying specifically and unceasingly and initially. You know, that's one we got to learn, right? We got to go to prayer first. Or praying unselfishly or boldly or biblically or unitedly or patiently and naturally. You know, we talked about those things last week. And I, I just bring that up because sometimes we have the wrong idea of what prayer is. Well, Jesus gives us an example here of a prayer in Matthew chapter 6. And he gives a, a basically, it's a fuller account than, than over in Luke. That's why I turned over here to, to, to Matthew. But it's the same it's the same idea. And you look in verse 5 of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says, when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. I mean, isn't that an incredible truth? That when we go to God in prayer, we don't need to remind him what we need. He already knows what we need. See, when we look at this prayer this morning, the disciples' prayer, this template that Jesus gives us, you'll see how this kind of flushes itself out. But he wants us to know that, you know, this is just a, a, a sample. So, so look at this prayer here in, in verse 9. He says, pray then like this, or in this manner, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or the evil one. A lot of times this is called the Lord's Prayer. Most theologians refer to it as the disciples' prayer because it wasn't a prayer that Jesus prayed, it was, it was used as an example. Because remember, the apostles just asked him, well, how do we pray? <laughs> Teach us how to pray. And so he says there at the very beginning, well, pray like this. Pray in this manner. Now, you notice several things about this prayer. The things that are important to Christians, most Christians today about prayer, are not even mentioned in this sample prayer. It doesn't talk about our posture. Jesus doesn't say, well, when you pray, you got to get down on your knees. He didn't say that. Why is that? Because any posture will do. In the Bible, people pray kneeling, pray sitting, pray standing, lifting up their hands, bowing down, all kinds of different ways. There's no specific posture for prayer. If you want to kneel down and pray when you pray that's fine but don't feel because you're driving down the freeway and you can't kneel down in your car you can't pray because prayer remember is not an activity it's an attitude 
It's an attitude of dependence upon God. So it doesn't tell us anything about the posture. If that was important to Jesus, he probably would have put it in there. Well, you have to kneel down, first of all. But he didn't put that there. Secondly, it doesn't say anything about where to pray in this sample prayer. Now, before that, that's why I read the text before, because he says, hey, you shouldn't be out on the street corner so everybody can see you, and that's your motivation. It doesn't matter if you pray on the street corner, but if you're only praying on the street corner so everybody could see how spiritual you are, then go home and lock yourself in the closet because you're just doing it for show. That's not the right motivation for prayer. So he's not talking about the different places to pray there. He's talking about the motivations of the heart. But here in this sample prayer, obviously it wasn't a big deal to God where we pray because he doesn't even bring it up. In the Bible, people prayed when they were in the middle of a battle, when they were in a cave or a closet, a garden, a mountainside, on the cross, by a river, in the sea, even in a fish's stomach. (laughs) Right, Jonah? I mean, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't think that would be an ideal place to have to pray. See, 1 Timothy says that he, we need to let men pray everywhere. That's what Paul wrote to Timothy. And so in the Bible, they prayed everywhere. It also doesn't mention anything about times of prayer. What time do we pray? You know, in the Muslim faith, they have certain times that they have to pray throughout the day. I've heard messages where a pastor would get up and say, well, you know, the biblical, if you want to be biblical, you got to pray in the morning. You got to get up early in the morning and pray because that's when Jesus prayed. Well, that's not only time Jesus prayed. He prayed a lot of times. He prayed throughout the day. He prayed at night. Is it best to start off your morning with a time of prayer and communication with God? I would say so. I think that gets you off on the right foot. But don't be so legalistic about it that that's the only time you can pray. In the Bible, people prayed in the morning, three times a day, in the evening, before meals, after meals. I always thought that was interesting. You know, you go to a restaurant, and what do you, what's, well, as believers, what do we do? Before we eat, we pray, right? I just wonder sometimes if that's because we really feel the need to pray, or is it just a legalistic habit that we developed? What if we prayed after the meal? Would that be wrong? I don't think so. See, it, it depends on the condition of your heart. But see, as Christians, we've taken prayer and, well, if you go to a restaurant, you've got to pray because then everybody knows you're a Christian and, you know, <laughs> make a big show about it. Kind of like out there on the uh, street corner, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what Jesus just got done talking to them about. We need to be careful about that. Am I saying don't pray in a restaurant before you eat? No, you should have a heart full of thanksgiving. I guess it depends what you're eating, to be honest with you. Depending on what you pray, you know, if you got something before you and it looks yummy, yummy, you might want to give thanks before. But if you're looking at something that's not really doing you much, you know, you might want to eat it and then pray afterwards that you don't die or something. I don't know. You know, I don't think it's that big of a deal to God. It's, it's a condition of the heart. Also, he doesn't mention anything here about clothes. What we're supposed to wear when we pray. See, some people felt that somehow they had to put on a, a special dress in order for them to pray. In the, in the Jewish culture, they do that. They have prayer shawls and all kinds of things they wear. And that's what they were doing back then. But in the Bible, you see people praying wearing sackcloths, 
Sometimes they're just sitting in a pile of ashes. Sometimes they're shaving their heads. They're crying out. They're putting dust on their heads. They're tearing their garments. They're fasting. There's all kinds of different situations when people pray throughout Scripture. See, those aren't the issues that are of importance to our Lord because his disciple just asked him, teach us how to pray. And he didn't talk about any of these things. He didn't talk about what you wear. He didn't talk about when you pray or where you pray or how much you pray. Those were not important things to him. Because you know what? Prayer to him was a way of life. It was simply a way of life. And if it's a way of life, we need to understand how to pray and specifically what to pray. Now, like I said, this prayer is not a prayer that God gave us that we're supposed to um, repeat. You know, I was raised in the Roman Catholic Church. And every night before I went to bed, I could say my prayers, my nightly prayers, which I did faithfully pretty much every night, uh, probably in about 45 seconds to 60 seconds. And I checked the box. I had done it. And, you know, I mean, you doubt me. It kind of went something like this. You know, Lord, thanks for a great day. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth is in heaven. Give us a day of daily bread and give us our trespasses. We forgive those trespasses against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord is with thee. And I'd go on with the Hail Mary, and I'd be done. 45 seconds, I'm done. I did my deal. Okay, that is not prayer. That is simply reciting something. And that's not what Jesus is saying here. That's why he says, pray then like this. He's not saying use these exact words. He's saying use this as a template, as an outline. And we know the purpose of prayer because John 14, verses 13 and 14 says that when we ask anything in his name, he hears us and then he gives the purpose in order that the Father may be glorified. See, we got it all mixed up. I'm here to tell you prayer is not for you to get what you want from God. That's not the purpose of prayer. But that's what we've kind of made it. You have a need? Well, you need to take it to the Lord, brother. See, prayer is meant to put the, the glory and the majesty of God on display. That's the purpose of prayer. The purpose of prayer isn't for us to bring a bunch of stuff that we need before God and lay it in his lap and say, here, give me this, like some divine Santa Claus. Now, does God care about our provisions? Yes, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But prayer is for the express purpose that God will be glorified. So all prayer focuses on God. That's what this prayer focuses on. Well, thank you for spending time with us here today on Graceful Truth, the ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. It's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. And we trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade five. And if you would like to encourage us here at Graceful Truth, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. Our phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. 
We meet at 2225 Euclid Avenue here in Redwood City. Directions are on our website, gracefultruth.org, or again, simply call 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. And again, we'd love to have you join us for worship. Simply call for directions or go to our website, gracefultruth.org. While you're at our website, make sure to check out the resource materials available from us here at Graceful Truth, including past programs of Graceful Truth that you can download for free. Gracefultruth.org is where to go. If you're writing to us, our address is 2225 Euclid Avenue. That's 2225 Euclid Avenue. We're here in Redwood City. The zip code is 94061. And again, our phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. By the way, we do have another way that you can access resources from us here at Graceful Truth. Simply download our brand new app. As you go to the App Store, simply look for Grace Bible Church-CA. Free and ready for download on Android and OS App Stores. Thank you so much for taking advantage of these resource materials. It's our hope and prayer that you are using them for your further growth in Christ. Again, simply go to the App Store and look for Grace Bible Church-CA and download our app today. We thank you for spending time with us today and trust we'll see you next week at this same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse.